It's more than just your output, more than a bike. When you hear your shout out, you know it's all right. Put on your magic pants and let's go. We're cruising into the power zone. Clip in, set yourself free. Come on and take a ride with me. Know what you need to know and what's it all about. Welcome to the Clip Out, episode 106. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. We are back. Yep. From beautiful, at least the parts we get to go to, New York City. Well, we were last time, too. It was the wrap-up. Oh, that's true. We were here for the wrap-up, but this is an actual honest-to-goodness show. Yes. I mean, the last one was an honest-to-goodness Yeah, you're not show. saying, like, physically we're back. You're saying our f- usual format yes. is back. Okay, I'm with Correct. you. Okay. So, there will be your standard... Beginning talking about news and then yes all of our usual benchmarks. That's it. There we go. Yep Those are all gonna be there. Yes, so back to normal we are well as normal as we get Well, yes, that's we're grading on a curve, but we are back to normal And so, i'm gonna be upbeat, but i'm just letting you know i'm super crappy today. You're fighting through it I am so if you're hearing some <laughs> Underneath then it's, that's why yeah, so what do you have in store for people <laughs> now? I'm scared <laughs> Well, we got to talk about Flywheel because there's just all kinds of things happening with that. And uh, we are going to also, we have a visit from the Prophet. We're going to talk about what the Prophet has to say. And we have some instructor news. We have a new idea for future shows that uh, I want to see if we get any response to. We have a new Peloton sighting. We have some uh, Peloton in the news. And uh, there's new features. And we're just going to talk about, you know, some issues people are having with the, the bike as well. Awesome. Well, uh, I guess before we get to all that, shameless plugs, don't forget, we're available on Apple Podcasts, where you can go there, rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, it helps us tremendously. Let's Apple know we're alive. Maybe one day they'll even put us on one of their main pages. Who knows? Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be amazing. So, uh, we have a new review. Well, I would like to hear it. It is from Double L. Okay. I think that's how you say it. All right. It's like the word W, but then L-L-E. So the E and L and the E and W are being shared. Oh. It says, a great listen. Love listening to Crystal and Tom every week. Great info and banter. I can't follow a lot of the Peloton world, so it's good to know I'll be kept up to date on the important news going on. Keep up the good work. Linda, a.k.a. Doc Mom Tired AF. Linda Hodges. That's who that is. Wow. We had her on the show. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Linda. So uh, Very nice review. Yes. Yeah, so if you would like to leave a review, Apple Podcasts is there and waiting for you. Also, don't forget, uh, you can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the clip out. And while you're there, join the group and stay up to date on things clip out and Peloton related throughout the week. So uh, I guess that's all of that. Let's dig in, shall we? Sure. It's time for news of the Peloton. So Flywheel. Yeah. Not doing so hot. <laughs> no. Is one way to put it. Yeah, they're. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll just jump right in. Article came out this week that Flywheel has been taken over by one of their lenders and they are looking for a buyer, which is going to be tough considering they tried to find a buyer last fall and took themselves off the market because nobody wanted them. Everybody kept swiping left. Yeah. Or swiping right, which means no. I don't know because I never was on that app. Me neither. So we're too old for that. Yes. But the person, the lender that took over, they also are now going to be selling them 
on Amazon and they are out there now. You can go to the Amazon website. Boy, they just jumped right in. Yeah, they just got right to it, man. Yeah. And they don't come with screens, so you have to bring your own or you can buy their piece of shit. I'm sorry, their medium size screen, which is a piece of shit. Size matters. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I know we joked around a lot in the past, but like seriously, why would you buy this bike right now? There there is a huge Cloud of doom yeah. hanging over them Everything about this says This company is in its death throes Yes yes. And it's not even that cheap right No it's like this, it's the same price as a Peloton Right like, and then don't forget you know Peloton sued them because they took their technology And right. used it for their distribution system And then Now they're like oh well it's It's just out there and I Don't they have more music issues than Peloton Even thought about having yeah and now it's a piece of crap that they're selling on Amazon and Best Buy is coming, apparently. Yeah. Yuck. Ew. <laughs> Why is that so offensive to your sense? I mean, I shop on Amazon all the time. Yeah, like what? So what's offensive about it is that it's basically we don't know what to do with it. So we're just selling it out like rock bottom, like get it out of here, whatever method yeah. it takes. We're going to put it on Amazon because there's so many people out there that have never heard of any of these other things. They don't watch TV and stuff. So yeah. it, it just or they seems... might even see it and be like, oh, that's that bike I heard about. And when it's like, no, it's not the bike you heard right. about. Yeah. And basically it reeks of desperation. That's the yuck. Okay. That's, that I, that's the yuck. And I would agree with that. It's like it's like when that guy comes up to you and you can already tell he's needy. You know, maybe you haven't had that experience. I haven't had a lot of needy guys come at okay, me. Okay, well, yeah. it, it's it, women who are out there, or men who like men, are out there, and they know yeah. they know what I'm talking about. It's the guy that approaches you, and he already reeks of desperation. The and guy sadness. at a party with the acoustic guitar. No, not no, no. That can be a good thing. Yeah, no, it can't. It can. It, it can. might work sometimes. No, it, it sounds, can be a good thing. Sounds like it might have worked on you a time or two. No, it did not. But that dude's needy. No. But there can be parties that just have a guy playing a guitar Like that's okay Okay, That's not what this is <laughs> What this is is about a desperation yes. Thing and it's it's icky It's really really icky So I, yeah I can't imagine Why you would want to go down that road at this point If you do any degree of research On the product Yeah and you know um, I, I, I hate to bring it up but I'm going to what does this mean for Stephen Little? He's just now back at Flywheel. Like it hasn't been that long. Now he's working in a in an actual store, not yeah, you know a studio. He's in not a studio, and it's and it sounds like the studio end of things is still doing okay. It said, the article said most of their studios were still profit, right? So, and my guess is he can always land at a studio somewhere, but it's certainly not. But I hope that uh, I hope that that does not affect him. I hope that I don't want like a whole company to go out of business. But I I don't I don't like that they've completely tried to rip off Peloton. So at the same time, I have sympathy for the people that work there. I don't have empathy for the people who ran the company into the ground. Right. And uh, speaking of knockoffs. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is at Equinox. There it, it's I say product, but it's actually kind of a new. I think we even talked about this a while back. There was an article about it. It's, it's a new thing that they're doing. They have studios where it's all about treadmills. You go in and and they started offering treadmill classes and they call them like tread labs or treadmill labs, something like that. Okay. Um, it's, it kind of cracked me up, though, because like these labs are supposedly really special because um, they offer they offer more oxygen in the air. OK. And um, and the lighting moves from, you know, your warm up to your cool down. So it has the lighting cues that and I'm like, yeah, 
I don't see how that's really I mean, first of all, if I need more oxygen to run with the exclusion of people that legit don't have the lung capacity, right, okay, health, health issues, issues. Yeah. I don't think that I should be going to a studio to pay money to run. Like if I need a special studio that provides oxygen yeah. to me, like I just think maybe I shouldn't be running and um, or run at the level you're capable of right to so you don't need oxygen when you run It just seems like they're going to a lot of trouble To to be fancy and distinguish themselves And yeah. I, I mean maybe it'll work I have no idea And the prophet has returned The prophet has returned We have two predictions this week Okay One The next clothing line Probably is not that far away But that's my own personal prediction The prophet however says That there's going to be a lot of purple and pink As the main colors Of this particular line So you have that to look forward to Also the prophet says The prophet has come to the conclusion The rower is happening Any indication as to why? I can't say But I will continue to say it is not from anyone that works at Peloton and it is not like it's not a it's not an employee. This is not somebody like telling us things or telling we, the prophet. We things. don't have someone on the inside. No. This is this is from clues that are out there. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. So they are predicting a rower. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. We have some instructor news. We sure do. Robin was on CBS this week. It was uh, on May 13th. She was on, and it was like the morning show. If you want to go find it, then the link is on my Instagram. And also, so that's at Clipout Crystal. Or you can go to the Facebook page, Facebook slash The Clipout, and you can find it there. Uh, But she had a whole little segment that she was talking about Peloton, and she was talking about all of the awesome Things that she does as an amazing athlete because she is amazing. So that was very cool. Um, also, Cody Rigsby celebrated five years of Peloton this year or this week. Excuse me. So that's really cool. Awesome. Yes. Congrats to Cody that's, and Robin. That's a long time in Peloton years. It really is. There aren't very many more. But four or five, you're probably measuring practically in months, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I so, think so. Got in on the ground floor. He sure did. And speaking of Peloton in the news. Brad Yeah Was uh Brad was on Let me Let me see if I can get it all Okay he was in his local paper Okay He was in the Wall Street Journal Okay He was front on page. Front page Of the Wall, Street, of the Wall Street, Journal. Street Journal And he was on Good Morning America He was also on the clip out You just don't know it yet Yeah we interviewed him this week And it will be airing next week But I'm gonna give you guys A little spoiler It doesn't get ugly He's a nice guy. I really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, he's, he seemed he seemed harmless. Yeah, but I will say also, you're going to get you, there's just two sides to every story, and uh, I am I think that this might might help some of you who are very frustrated at Brad. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think that the people that have already like just completely dug in and made up their minds probably won't move the needle for them. But I think a lot of people that are kind of like, what's this guy up to? Might feel a little differently by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, I'll let Brad tell you guys in his own words, but uh, that is coming up next week. So we've been kicking around some show ideas. We have. Ways to maybe uh, incorporate the listeners more. Yes. And I have to say this was one of our listeners' thoughts okay. that, that threw this out there. Okay. So go ahead. Oh, I, okay. So uh, we were thinking that maybe we could have like a number of people could call in, or if you really want to get fancy, you could just you record it on your phone and, and email it to us. But uh, Or even Facebook Messenger. Sure. It has a voice clip. Yeah. But it needs to be recorded into some kind of MP3 or WAV file. Right. Audio. So we can include it on the show of just maybe uh, people talking about their favorite 
ride or run or yoga class of the week and why and then we can pick a couple just quick hits of like you know you can say your name leaderboard and uh where you're from maybe and talk about what class you took and that really spoke to you or you enjoyed or what have you yeah basically we want to keep it between 60 seconds and no more than 90 seconds yeah so if you submit something longer than 90 seconds it's just not going to happen so don't even bother <laughs> um but uh but anything around that time frame and if it's shorter that's okay yeah uh, you don't have to be long-winded i just know we have a lot of peloton people that are so um <laughs> <laughs> and we know because we're two of them right absolutely we are but yeah we thought it'd be kind of fun to hear other people's like there's so many classes now there's so much right. content that you can't get to it all so like what are the the must take classes that occurred this week so we want to we want to hear from you guys so if that sounds interesting maybe just like you know put a message on the facebook page maybe under the show post yeah maybe and just say like if you think that's something you would partake in maybe i should put a uh maybe i should put like a poll a poll up and then if we get positive feedback you guys can go ahead and start sending it over and uh maybe we'll include them next week i love to watch you work the poll <laughs> So it's not Peloton in the news, but Peloton on TV. Yes. Oh, this is this is huge. I mean, it's huge in all the the female groups. There's like the mom group. There's the Fit Fab Forty group. There's you know, there's a lot of groups I'm seeing this be huge in, including the Clip Out group. It was a very huge conversation. There was a Peloton sighting in the new Netflix show called Dead to Me. With uh, the Christina Applegate one Yes it is that one Um, It's 11 episodes I've already watched all of them Yeah it must be very good because uh, You're like oh I'm gonna watch this First one hey Tom this is really good I think we should wait so we can watch it together Okay and then when I got home from work You were like yeah I watched them all (laughs) (laughs) They were good (laughs) I mean it's good for us to have a little time Where where you can watch your shows And I watch my shows and you were gone a lot <laughs> In my defense You were gone a lot that weekend So um. <laughs> I did not get to watch Dead to Me Normally we watch these things As a loving married couple <laughs> But occasionally <laughs> One of us goes rogue She wants a hall pass <laughs> To watch Netflix by herself <laughs> This is what happens well, it's a great show. Lots of twists and turns. Um, I thought I wasn't going to like it because I thought it was going to be like, you know, mom-com. And, right. you know, and it wasn't at all. It was not at all. I, I'm not going to ruin any plot points because I cannot stand when people do that to me. But I will tell you that it has a lot of twists and turns. You will enjoy it. Awesome. And so how does Peloton feature into it? Oh, <laughs> duh. Uh, the main character, Christina Applegate, she is part of her character is like, she rides the Peloton bike. There are uh, there are only two Peloton sightings throughout the entire series of eleven episodes. And then the dead to me refers to her friend who has a flywheel at home. <laughs> no, oh no, it does not. That would have been good though. It would have, yeah. it would have, but no. Um, but she work she works out her emotions on the Peloton a couple of times. You get to see it, and she apparently only rides with Allie Love. Gotcha. But that's all we ever see. We just see two clips, and that's it. And she also just I will give this. It's because it's not a spoiler. It does not affect the story in any way, shape, or form. Uh, she also works in her very real mastectomy. So okay. I thought that was nice that she managed to yeah. work that in. Oh yeah, I forgot that she. Yeah. Not. I mean. Yeah. I mean to be creepy, but I that know. was a big story. When it was. It, happened. it was huge. Yeah. 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 It's nice to see people just kind of having that conversation, and she's still having that conversation. You right. know, just socially, like, yeah, this happened. 
What you gonna do? I, I'm old enough to remember when Mary Tyler Moore had one, and it was a huge deal. And she was like in a TV movie about it. It was a whole thing. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know that. Okay. Must be that age difference. Yes. <laughs> so again, Dead to Me on Netflix. CNBC had uh, an interesting story this week about... Disruptors They did So annually they post You know like 50 companies That are The top Of the top Disruptors And uh, Peloton has moved Up that chart They are now Number nine Number nine With a bullet I feel like Casey Kasem (laughs) Our next long distance Request and dedication (laughs) Yes You do that way better Than I ever could So Um, uh, I'm just curious Like Uh do you remember what other things were on the list? Well, like, I don't remember all of them because, to be honest, I didn't look at all of them because I might have been at work while I was doing this, so I didn't have time to aggregate. Sure. Um, but <laughs> I, I did see that the uh, purple mattress that's out there, I can't remember the name of it, but the purple mattress is number eight. The one that they shipped to you? Yes. Yes. That was That's number eight. So it was, you know, innovative products for sure. And you can find that Full article and list at facebook.com Slash the clipout you can also find it on Instagram At clipout crystal there have been some uh, Issues with the first Generation monitors there have That have been kind of coming To light yeah so backing up a little Bit um, when we were at homecoming uh, And during the homecoming episode we We included the clips of like all the new Features that were coming out but in case you Didn't listen just a real quick Recap of that is that Um There were going to be two that came out right away So they're already out It was the You could change the audio To have more instructor Or more music Or keep it at the original mix And you could also see the uh, What they're calling The advanced metrics Which would be The instructor Like what numbers They're calling out So if they're saying You should be at 75 cadence For example 75 cadence would be on the screen So you could see that Gotcha Those were the two things That were right away Uh, Then further out There was going to be um, A marathon plan uh, That's going to be All outdoor running And it's going to include Strength for runners So that's coming And uh, They also said That the app Is going to be Kind of redone So that you're going to have GPS And you're going to also have All of your advanced metrics That's all included Um, And then Finally There was also uh, A collaboration With like four different artists And I don't remember All of them But I know one of them Was Cher Uh, Cher Madonna Madonna was one of them Paul McCartney Yes I think three out of four Is pretty dang good Okay And the monkeys (laughs) Yeah it was totally the monkeys Um, And um, It was Maroon 5 Okay So that's happening So the last three That I just said Are not None of that is like In play yet But this week But um, What we wanted The reason we're bringing this up In the context of this episode Is this week They released a video That kind of showed What the outdoor app Is now going Or outdoor running On the app Is now going to look like And so you could see Your metrics on the screen uh, You can see where you're going With that GPS You know it's It looks really cool Now The other reason we're bringing it up In context of this episode Is that The first two releases That are already out Which is the audio mix And the advanced metrics On your bike Well The bike If you have a generation one monitor Which a lot of our listeners Who are new have no idea what I'm talking about But there are actually a total of three different Generations of screen and The very very first one is the Oldest one the second one started Shipping in September of 2016 I know that because I bought my bike In July of 2016 (laughs) so I was just past the cutoff And uh, and then I don't know when generation three Started shipping generation one um, had a lot of issues with these last two updates It's going really slow It's sluggish um, And they are not able Like it just completely freezes They can't 
they cannot ride the bike at all. Oh. Like, it, it, I mean, you can't. There's nothing happening on the screen. It's just a black screen. Right. They can move the pedals, but nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not effective. After lots of back and forth, um, Peloton decided that for those people, they are rolling those updates back. So to kind of reset where their bikes were beforehand. So people that have done that, um, they are reporting that that is better now, but it's not great. It's still not like back where it was, you gotcha. know, where it's like really super functional and smooth. Uh, it, it's usable. So right. they're happy with that. And uh, I feel like it's important to mention that there are people that are in a lot of different places with this. So if you have a warranty and still covered and you have a genera- generation one monitor, um, and you're having these issues You should call and get a new one sent to you would Because so, it's covered under warranty Would I mean, but if you have a generation one That was so long ago Those warranties are still There are still people with warranties that are functioning Well, if it was It started shipping in September of 2019 I mean, excuse me September of 2016 So if you had a year warranty And then you got a two year extended warranty Okay You, you could still be within that gotcha. window And uh, so if you are And you're having those issues Then I recommend reaching out To customer service right away To get that corrected Because yes. it's only going to get worse With the more updates that they have Yeah, so you might just, as well Just strike while the iron's hot If you if you paid for the extra warranty Exactly And I'm hearing a lot of mixed results If you don't have the warranty I am hearing um, that when they call Some people are being told 750 bucks for a new monitor I'm being told Some people are negotiating And getting them for 450 So I, I'm not exactly sure I think it kind of depends On who you talk to Quite honestly uh, So we'll see if Peloton You know does something more Wide reaching That you know affects everybody In the same way I don't know It's it's certainly something That is concerning But I, I believe that Peloton Will do the right thing At the end of the day yeah. And I, I, if you have a warranty and you have a generation one monitor, do yourself a favor, check it out and call. One other thing you can do, though, is completely get rid of the software on your monitor and reinstall it. That has been that can help. And if it doesn't help, it, they're going to tell you to do that when you call support anyway. So you might as well try it. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. And one last quick tip for the tread. Yes. Yeah, uh, I I saw this and it's probably pretty obvious, but I had not thought of it. So in case there's other people had not thought of it, I thought I'd go ahead and say it. You should raise the incline up on your tread when you are on the floor doing workouts so that you can see the screen easier because then it would be above the rails. And so then you can see what's going on in the screen without having to kind of like look around the rails. So Obvious, yes, but I hadn't thought of it So you're welcome Somebody randomly put that out there That they said like shout out to whoever posted that So I have no idea who it came from <laughs> I'm not trying to not give credit where credit is due It was on the Tread Group Awesome And finally there was a, an interesting article on Glossy.co Yeah, uh, and Elizabeth Hewitt Reed sent this to us I found this Super, super fascinating. It, it's all about how fitness brands Peloton, SoulCycle, and Equinox are cashing in on clothes. I'm not going to go through the whole thing because it's really long. You can find the article at facebook.com slash the clip out. Um, but it is really super interesting to read because it talks about their collaborations, what they decided with their ongoing partnerships, um, how Peloton compares to SoulCycle, etc. It is really, really interesting. Also mentions their revenue. Um, so I think... Think you guys will really enjoy this and you should definitely check it out. It's interesting to see the different brands that they've chosen to work with. It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah it definitely is. I mean, uh, we all know that Peloton paired up with uh, Fila last year, but what's one of the other ones that kind of stood out to you? Like SoulCycle is working with uh, what Barney's and Victoria's Secret? Yeah. Yeah. And uh and then Equinox. 
Well, they said they said they have an in-house design team of people that worked at Barney's oh, and Victoria's okay. Secret. Oh, okay, gotcha. I just thought that was interesting choices, yeah, definitely. And uh, and then what? Who does Equinox use or uh, worked with? So apparently, they have like year-round rotating supply at Equinox of um, brands like Nike and Lululemon, uh, but then they also have some specialty ones too. So it's kind of all over the place. Gotcha. And then ever the innovator uh, Flywheel has been working with Bugle Boy. <laughs> Yeah, they did not make the list. They are not on the list. Womp womp. Neither is Echelon. Just saying. Yeah. Because <laughs> nobody's ever wanted to buy something that had Echelon on it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Man, there is nothing worse than when you buy a pair of sunglasses and then you lose or break them. I would agree. So what do we do about that? Well, that's where Gooder comes in. Their sunglasses are $25 each. So nobody likes to throw away $25, but it's a lot better than throwing away 100 or more dollars on a pair of broken sunglasses, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have to say that's not my favorite part about Gooder. My favorite part about Gooder is that when I run, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they're 100% polarized. Um, and they also come in like a million different colors and styles. For your $25, you're not sacrificing comfort, safety, or style. If you want to support the show and pick up a pair, Gooder is giving the Clipout listeners free shipping on their first order. Just go to Gooder.com slash TCO. That's G-O-O-D-R.com and use code TCO to get free shipping. Gooder offers a 30-day money-back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at Gooder.com slash TCO and use code TCO to get free shipping. If you're looking to avoid carbs, it's always a challenge trying to find bread that fits in with your keto lifestyle. Right, because you want to make sure that it tastes good and you want to make sure it has good ingredients. So I think Hero Bread does both. Especially when you're in the store, you are overwhelmed with bread choices. Yes. And I've had other breads before that claim to have low net carbs and you are certainly sacrificing taste texture size yes none of that with hero bread no because sometimes on the ones that have the low net carbs they have like no substance to it (laughs) it's like eating air it is and hero bread actually really tasted good and it felt like a solid piece of bread like i did not feel like i was giving up something i was surprised at how big each slice of bread was here's the real test of a piece of bread (laughs) i didn't make a sandwich with these I just had toast. Which you love because you have toast almost every day. I do. It was the (laughs) best textured bread of this sort that I've ever had. And if you're doing the math, it's zero to one grams of net carbs, zero gram sugar, and high in fiber. So don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code TCO at checkout. That's TCO at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Checking in with the Peloton community. So uh, joining us today via Skype phone is Lori Besden. Hey, Lori, how's it going? It is going well. It is such an honor and a privilege to be doing this with you guys. Well, we feel the same way. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. It's very early in the interview. I don't know that I feel that way yet. <laughs> I want to don't put words in my mouth. Like I want to wait. Hold on. Where's my hang up button? <laughs> and bye bye. <laughs> 
He's like, I'm a lawyer. This is like four hundred dollars an hour. <laughs> right, 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 right. My time is very um, valuable. You will show respect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think I like you already. <laughs> if you like sarcasm, you like Tom. Yes, you come to the right yeah. place. Absolutely. So, you have so many different things to share, but we're going to start with Peloton. <laughs> I'm really curious how you found Peloton, how you came across it. First of all, before I even launch into that, I just want to also, on behalf of the Peloton community, thank both of you for the service that you provide to all of us. Uh, wealth of information, your banter, your you know example of unconditional love honestly of all the episodes i've listened to and i'm like they have what we all search for so oh. thank you so much for being that to all of us sincerely oh. well that's um, she's so gonna make me I- cry <laughs> <laughs> she's all teary oh my goodness <laughs> you got me all choked up moment one <laughs> no i sincerely mean that sincerely mean that so how did i come across peloton so this I was raised with one sister, and she's pretty even keel, which we'll find out I'm not really. And (laughs) I've heard, you know, I've always been a gym person, healthy-ish person. And all I ever heard her talk about, you know, with any kind of intensity, I should say, that's my word, is this Peloton that she has at her house. And she's like, you just need to try it. So I was there for Mother's Day last year, and she said, go ahead, just go upstairs, just bring some like clothes that you can sweat in. And I'm like, I'm going to do a 45 minute ride. I'm not going to sweat. I mean, it was literally the whole enchilada of the spread of food for Mother's Day. And I'm like, it's totally good. Okay, so Alex, I did an Alex ride. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's looking right at me. He's talking to me. He's totally encouraging me. He must know I'm the only one on this ride with him. (laughs) As pompous as I am, I said to my sister, I said, oh, just so you know, because obviously I was riding under her leaderboard. I said, I'm going to definitely increase your stats. I'm really good at this. okay? because I've taken a spinning class at my gym okay, on crap machines. (laughs) So. She was like, okay. And so I did the literally dripping sweat to the point my mom came up, took a video of me. <laughs> I couldn't even breathe. And so afterwards, and then I'm thinking like, I think I might need one of these. So before <laughs> dinner was even over, we were talking referral codes. You know, my mom was like, so what is your leaderboard name going to be? And then I actually emailed Peloton, the customer supporter, whatever it was the next day. And then June 12th is the day that my life changed when my magical machine arrived to my home. And shouldn't admit this, but it's the last day I was at the gym. So, (laughs) you know, I do a lot of the Peloton classes. So, like I said, I've had the bike since June. And I just, I believe this morning, did my 592nd ride. Wow. So that gives you a little insight into my personality. A little bit intense. Mm-hmm. I like so, it. Yeah. So hopefully you were able to cancel your gym membership. I know <laughs> what a Herculean task that can be. <laughs> you know what's funny? I was like, well, you know, it doesn't expire till April. So they called me about two months ago and they said, you know, we're calling you special rate renewal. And I thought, but what if maybe I just might want to go and use the pool or something? And I, I, I'm such a sucker. I actually renewed it. Oh. <laughs> right? And then I like bartered with them and I said, but how about we put it on a freeze so all the unused time I can then bank on to the end? 
So well, that, that is, is what we did. I shouldn't even admit that publicly in any fashion, <laughs> but I, I did. I'm a sucker. I It'd did. It'd probably be cheaper if you wanted to go to the pool and just get a hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? You are absolutely correct. You are absolutely <laughs> correct. And perhaps next year when they make the same call and I think, hmm, maybe I'll remember that and say, or it would actually be cheaper just to swim in my bathtub, quite frankly. <laughs> I just wanted to, I, when, whenever that day comes, if it does that you cancel your membership, I want to know how it goes. I want to know if it's as hard for an attorney to cancel a gym membership. As it is for regular people Because it's like you have a 31 hour window And you have to deliver it Notarized, certified On horseback Like it's it's crazy I mean when you tried to cancel yours It was insane yeah, It was oh, It yeah. was a journey It was a journey Yeah they're like They're like are you standing on your left foot Are you right. sure you don't want to cancel and Right I'm like, Just okay 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 I'll take another year Yeah um, I was like thank god i just yeah just uh, anyway so here we go another year another year of that well and, uh, but here's yeah. the thing you can now you can take a tablet to the gym and you can do all of the boot camp classes at the gym absolutely here's absolutely. what you, here's what you do i i've got i've got i've got it figured out okay so you take your tablet to the gym mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and then you pay for your gym membership by the referral codes you will get <laughs> by convincing other people to quit the gym and sign up for Peloton. I even have one better for you. How about I charge people to take a class under my leaderboard using my tablet? At the yes. Gym? yes. What if they mess up your stats? <laughs> I delete it. Come on. Oh, that was, Fair enough. You know what? That was, as I was saying, I wrote the for initial ride under my sister's leaderboard name, which is, well, it's very funny. She's an OBGYN, so her leaderboard name is Gynomite. Okay. <laughs> so here I'm, here I'm riding as Gynomite and feeling very mighty. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to totally improve your stats. And then after the class, we looked at the stats and I was like so proud of myself. I think there was like light coming out of my ears. And she's like, oh, um, okay. And then I later looked at her stats when I realized that how I could do that. And I'm like, oh, my God, I did not help her. Like she's, like, <laughs> she's like top 10%. I think I was like around 50%, maybe. And she was like, oh, no, that's great. For your first ride, that's great. I'm like, oh, my God. She's like, no, that's adorable. I know. She's yeah. like, that is so cute. Do you know how to delete the ride? Please go ahead and do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let me show you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll need to and, know. Yeah. yeah, and bye-bye ride as if it didn't happen. <laughs> So, so wait, yeah. was this this was just last June that this occurred? Yes. Oh yes. my gosh! Because you already have six hundred rides in a year. Good lord, woman. Less than. Yes. Mm-hmm. Intense is usually how people okay. describe me. You were not joking. Um, I was just doing the math, and I was like, "Wait, that's a lot." Like I, I am like almost to six hundred rides. <laughs> and when did, but the real question is. How many rides do you have, Tom? Zero. I think everyone knows the answer to that. <laughs> I know. I was trying to look for, like, tr- trying to make a joke here, you know? <laughs> You've been making fun of me the whole time, so I thought at least I can get one, you know? When did you get your bike? I mean, almost three years ago. So it was, it was July 15th, 2015. So. Okay. No, well, that's 16. It was July 15th, 2016. So it's three years, almost three years. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, there's something to be said for moderation. 
Truly. I think with the amount of time you put into this, each episode should count as two rides. Oh my God, you should get at least triple credit. At least triple credit. I absolutely agree with that. And Tom, you should even get a couple sympathy votes in there. Sure, I'll take it. If it gets everybody off my back, I'll take it. Nah, we'll never do that. I know. So you said you were riding at the gym. You were taking spin, spin classes at the gym. You were going to the gym. So you consider yourself really fit. Has that has your fitness level changed since you've had the Peloton? I used to be and I guess we'll go into the backstory of, you know, my my sobriety in my life. But basically, my whole life, I've been about 115. I'm just using numbers to give you a gauge. I'm about five, nine. I like how I said it about because I'm clearly right under five nine. <laughs> I do the I, same I thing. Only I like say an ostrich, five seven. I'm five nine. <laughs> <laughs> So and then in my addiction, at the end of the day, I was 110 pounds. I was extremely strung out. And then my first year of sobriety, which I was in confinement, I left there 253 pounds. So when I in 2005, that's how much I weighed. And all I could really do at that point was water aerobics. And because I weighed, you know, my body weight was almost too much for my, you know, legs and ankles. Okay. So I worked my way up and eventually through not having weight loss surgery, but just basically my personality as we've already caught on to a little bit, I'm back to, you know, the 150, 155 that I've been since consistently since high school, except for that period of time. So I would say fitness has always been important to me. But the really plus side of the Peloton in my own experience, and I do all of the classes, like I do core, I don't, well, okay, that's not true. I don't do the boot camp or I haven't yet. But as far as like arms, core, meditation, I mean, I do so many different programs the Peloton offers, walking. I no longer, I mean, I would go to the gym and I'd be like, I'm that crazy Stairmaster person. You see someone jogging on the Stairmaster? That was me. That was me. I (laughs) fractured my ankle when I did it. I mean, I was the person that you're like, that person is definitely going to fall off a Stairmaster. It had happened to me, you know? Oh oh my gosh. Yeah. But semi quickly without weight loss surgery, got not semi quickly, like a couple of years, got back to that weight. And then so once I found the Peloton, you know, it was I saved so much time because instead of it being a three and a half hour ordeal from get up in the morning, go to the gym, shower, then get back, get to work. It's literally wake up, take care of my dogs, get on the Peloton, do my thing, hour and a half, and then I'm done. And it's, you know, literally, it's almost like having daylight savings time every single day. Fantastic. Wow. I like that analogy. I I gain time every single day. I'm like, wow, it's almost getting lighter earlier. Is that just the Peloton? (laughs) 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 So, yeah. So, so, I mean, I would just say that it's it's condensed my workout abilities and allowed me to actually spend more time doing other things that I enjoy, honestly. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. That's you have a, you have a really good way of looking at that too. And since you brought it up, that was my next question. But but originally, I had found I had found you through a post that you had done. You talked about you were going to be speaking about your addiction and your journey, how you had the addiction, you recovered, where you're at today, and I would love to hear your journey if you're comfortable sharing that with us. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, again, I know we don't want to go on for hours here. So feel free to speed me up or slow me down. I mean, I can just start and I, you know, I share my story 
And I'm sure my sister, who, as we've already determined, is a Peloton community member, you know, will hear this and perhaps her perception of us growing up may be different than mine, but it, it is my perception. And I set the stage, you know, the family that I grew up in, it was really important. I think they knew they were going to have a lawyer and a doctor before we were born. They went to extremes to have us. We're both products of artificial insemination. And... You know, and I just say it, it's, it's factually how I see things. We had a very privileged upbringing, you know, and I thought everybody had a beach house at the shore. <laughs> I thought everybody went to overnight camp. It was so important to my family, you know, our education. They paid for everything. We've never had to take loans out. And I just say that because because of those factors, I truly believed that I could not quote unquote catch an addiction, that it was those other people. And that myth or illusion, I should say, almost killed me. And the first time I ever, you know, had anything outside of myself, I was age eight, I was given nitrous at the dentist, I can't even explain why. It was a routine dental cleaning. And I remember the second the nitrous went over my nose, and that hit me, it was, I mean, literally, I chased that feeling until it landed me in jail at age 29. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, it was the second it happened. And I said to the dentist, like, I did everything I could to move my foot. So he would say, are you not relaxed enough? And he did. And I said, no, I, I can still feel everything you're doing. I mean, it was only a dental cleaning. And then he turned the nitrous up and I was literally paralyzed in the chair for 45 minutes. And I mean, the joke is now on me. Obviously, I can't have nitrous to the dentist and I have a mouthful of dental work. <laughs> so oh. I'm like... Wow, that's not good. And of course, my sister that I grew up with, not one cavity, age 46. Sometimes the cards are not fair. So that was age eight. And then age 12, my best friend and I at the time waited for my parents that at the time I thought they were very happily married. They're very happily divorced today. Okay. Uh, we waited for them to go to sleep and a friend of ours dropped off two six packs of beer, dot, 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 were 12, ended up drunk. Oh walking around our neighborhood and the police, we were like half dressed. Police picked us up. We end up at the police station. First of many calls to my parents. Oh, we have Laurie here. My mom's like, not Laurie. She's in bed sleeping. Okay. No, Oof. she was not in bed sleeping. And so all four parents come to the police station. And I still remember this day. And I said to my parents, you know, Shelby is, was a really bad influence. This was her idea. Okay. Now Shelby is now a pharmacist. So <laughs> clearly the problem was not Shelby. I mean, all of my life, everybody else kind of matured out of this, except for me. I will I, point out Shelby is still giving people drugs to this day. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. Shelby, Shelby is a drug dealer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she just does it legally under yeah. the FDA. She's an awesome person. <laughs> I, I'm not, completely jealous of her career or anything of course not um, so I mean and, and then high school you know went on and like I said in our family you know appearances and outcomes really mattered how you did in school and I often say you know growing up I feel like I grew up in a two-story house, one story on the inside and one story on the outside. So at this point, high school was basically uneventful. And when I say uneventful, I smoked pot, I drank, I did what my friends did. I was not yet on the sideline by myself. Okay. At least I didn't see it. Then again, five arrests in, I still didn't see myself on the sideline by myself. I was the last one to get the memo that I had a problem. So, so I just I have a real quick question. I'm just curious, like you went to school. It sounds like you must have done well because mm -hmm. you, know, you got advanced degrees. You're an attorney. And, and obviously mm -hmm. it was a priority in your household. And if you hadn't done well, that would have raised a red flag. Like, how did you 
manage both an addiction and schoolwork? And that's a great question. And I, again, part of the story is, you know, I went to college, graduated in three and a half years with a 3.97. And at the time, if you look in college, I was with someone that's my best friend today. And we would actually start drinking in the shower on Thursday nights. I thought it was time management. But again, I wasn't the only one doing it. Right. You know, and my best friend now works for Homeland Security and she's not in recovery. She doesn't need to be. Right. So and my my measure and my illusion was I absolutely can't have a problem because look how successful I am. And every time my family would say, how are your grades? How's school? 4.0, 4.0, 4.0. And at the end, when I was all strung out, my mom, I mean, and I can I can talk about this. There was now cocaine involved. And my mom and she'll readily admit this, brought me to an eating disorder facility because she, in her own words, thought there is no way that there could actually be a child of mine that has a drug problem. So she automatically diagnosed and assumed because I was so thin that I had an eating disorder and brought me somewhere. And I showed up with a luggage of Dunkin' Donuts because I had been on a cocaine bender. (laughs) And they literally, I'm not kidding, dozen donuts, 45 munchkins, watched me eat every morsel of food that I brought, refused to admit me after literally observing me for hours. And my mom's like, you're manipulating the professionals. And I'm like, I really don't have an eating disorder, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I graduated college, top of my class. And then at this point, my sister was already through college and into medical school, which is great because botany was my strongest science. I was certainly not going for medical school. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, thank you for her. And so at this point, we had a family meeting. And later, those family meetings turned into interventions about my addiction. But, you know, my grandparents were very involved in our lives and funded all of our education. And we, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? And I said, you know, I would like to go to cosmetology school. And they said, well, that's great. How about after law school? So um, (laughs) it's interesting now because I'm like, that is on my bucket list. But because I'm a convicted felon, I actually need a governor's pardon in order to get a state issued license, which is pending. So I'm like, you watch me. It will happen one day. It's on my bucket list. That's fascinating. Yeah. Of all the professions to be Mm -hmm. barred from. Oh, right. Yeah. It's. (laughs) It's interesting because this is completely a tangent. That's just how my mind works. So I officiated a wedding last week and somebody said to me, they contacted me and they said, how did you get reinstated to the practice of law in two states? You're officiating weddings, but you're unable to cut hair. I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's that's a real crazy. That's a mind bender. I'm not going to lie. That's <laughs> I, yeah. I said, well, listen, if you come to my house, I can cut your hair. You know, that's all. That, that's that's all I got. That's it. That's it. You know, you just can't charge so, money for it. Right, 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 right. right. Don't tell anybody. Yes. You know, don't tell anybody. So so after that, then I ended up in law school, and you know, everyone there is like, I want to be a trial attorney, and they were like so gung ho, and I'm like, I literally want to cut hair. Like, I was just never comfortable <laughs> in my own skin. Honestly, I mean, that's, and I say that, but it's, it's God's honest truth, you know? And looking back, I can see the flags, you know, from nitrous gave me like the confidence to feel important and feel like full and level the playing field, you know? And I chased that. And so here I am now, law school and, through a series of events, I was in a car accident, and I always say, you know, and absolutely no disrespect to Metallica, but my perception of a drug addict growing up was a guy with long hair and a Metallica shirt, right? Sure, so, the burnouts at school. Yes, yeah. yes, 
little did I know I was the burnout, right? <laughs> so I went to a concert, a Pearl Jam concert, not a Metallica concert, <laughs> third year of law school. And I was the passenger and we ended up in a car accident. Alcohol was involved and forward, you know, at the emergency room. And they gave me 20 to 30 pain pills. Uh-oh. And it wasn't Uh-oh. the first time, you know, that I had pain medication, but I will say it's the first time I had it that I really didn't need it. So, you know, it's now heading towards finals, third year. We have bar exams coming up. And as I took these pills, they and some people take pain pills and they physically can't tolerate them. Other people take them. They go to sleep and it makes the pain go away. Somebody like me with my chemical composition takes these pain pills, literally puts on a cape. I conceive the world simultaneously missing the memo, the invisible memo saying you will need these pills like oxygen. And that is exactly what happened to me. I went 100 miles an hour straight into a drug addiction that I did not believe I could, quote unquote, catch. So here, these pills gave me the ability to sit, study and focus, obviously treating an untreated ADHD. And so I decided, well, I'm crafty, you know, I'm me and my brilliance. I am going to start going to the emergency rooms in the area where the law schools that I went and my leg injury. And I would actually bring my law books and get hours of studying done. You know, and I was living with someone, they had no idea what was going on. They didn't even suspect anything. And that's really how I started fueling the addiction until right before finals, there was a gentleman that said, if you call this doctor in Texas, he'll prescribe a hundred of these Vicodin for refills, overnight delivery, DHL. Whoa. And so, yes, immediately, you know, kind of like when I went from the gym to the Peloton, wow, daylight savings. Well, talk about daylight savings. Yeah. I just had to call this guy and then the next day DHL is here. And so needless to say, I graduate from law school, top 15% of my class, families there. They're so proud, doctor, lawyer, things are going great. Little did they know I was already in the bathroom counting pills. And I hate to even admit this, but I'm like, my family's going to be around me. I'm going to need extra pills to tolerate them. Like, I didn't even realize the addiction was already in full bloom. I had no idea. And so... By the time I sat for the Pennsylvania New Jersey bar exams in 1999, I had three to four identities going with the same doctor. Okay, so I was calling the same doctor under allegedly different identities, same address. All the drugs are coming to the same address, right? I mean, he was so, obviously treating half of America. Yeah, so so this is a pill mill. He 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 right. just wants plausible mm-hmm. deniability, but he doesn't really care. Absolutely, gotcha. absolutely, and so. I was basically taking through the bar exams three three ten milligram pain pills an hour to get through an eight hour Holy. exam three days in a row. Oh my and word! I always say when I yeah right oh it got much worse believe it or not. But my plan and honestly was after the bar exams I'm done then I'm going to stop right I'm just going to use this as a crutch. But you don't realize you can't stop. Right. Like I literally five arrests in and I still thought I actually had a law enforcement and pharmacy problem and not a drug problem. And meanwhile, I was the one at the end of the day calling in my own drugs. And I'm not a doctor and I'm not a pharmacist. Right. But I thought there was no problem with that. It was obviously a law enforcement problem. I mean, the insidious nature of addiction is that we actually believe the nonsense that we tell ourselves. You know, in the rooms of recovery, we say denial means don't even know I am lying. 
I literally believed the lies that came out of my mouth. So after I did, and I did pass, I always feel bad when I speak professionally in the legal community in Pennsylvania. And I'm like, Board of Law Examiners, please cover your ears. I did pass the bar exams. (laughs) I don't ever recommend that that to be the way in which it happens. And after that, I was dating the same guy for a year and a half. He had no idea this was going on or the deliveries. And we had a trip planned to Spain and Africa. So I thought, well, I'm done. Then I thought, well, I'll just take whatever pills I have with me. Second day in Spain, I called in a refill from a payphone in Spain. Still just thinking, well, I already paid the initial console. Why would I not get the refills, right? So I ended up flying back solo because I had a clerkship that started. And I only time I ever ran out of drugs was Paris to JFK. I honestly thought I caught something overseas, like heart palpitations, so sick. Oof. Yeah. And yeah, because so, as soon as you said you were going on a trip overseas, that was my first thought is like, <laughs> well, how are you going to get your drugs? Yeah. Like, that's right, going to be right, problematic. Right. It was only a week long trip. And I took what I had with me and then literally ran out like as I was going to the airport, you know, and I did not understand. I was sweating profusely. My parents picked me up at the airport, bring me home. And my mom said, this package came for you and gave it to me on Mark. You know, it didn't say like from the sender or anything. I went upstairs, opened the package. It was the pills. I took three of them and I was 100 percent fine. Wow. And again, addiction, I thought, oh, well, whatever it is, I'm home now. So I caught something overseas. I'm fine now that I'm home. This is good. Didn't for a second think it was the drugs or the drug problem. Not at all. Really? Didn't wow. even dawn on me. Wow. And my brilliance, and I obviously say that with, a, you know, immense humor. Right. Yeah. I thought, well, I mean, these are a good thing and I could stop them at any time. And so I'm, you know, I wish in a way I could say my addiction stopped there, but it didn't. I had a clerkship lined up on the Superior Court of Pennsylvania for a former Supreme Court justice. I mean, I put this out there. This has all been in print before anyway. And my addiction followed me straight to chambers. And so here I was drafting appellate opinions on a prestigious court for my state in my state. And when I started in August, you know, I was dealing with this doctor. And then by December, and it's not an exaggeration, it's just that we, we don't want to go on, stay on this forever. I had nine identities going with the same doctor. Okay, oh. I was now calling the doctor, impersonating a male. And all of these drugs were being delivered to the Superior Court in Center oh. City, Philadelphia, signature required DHL overnight delivery. Whoa. So, Yes. And it's interesting because somebody recently said to me, well, you had other people working there. Didn't anybody ask questions? And I think the easiest way to respond to that is everyone trusted me. Everyone I worked with trusted me. And when I say I needed these pills like you need oxygen, I appeared completely normal under 40 pain pills a day. And that's what I was taking in December of that clerkship. And I mean, the deliveries would come and I would tell them like my family were on these vitamins. I mean, Obviously, my reunion with all of these folks, they were like, well, we thought it was kind of weird, but you were always very talkative and kind. And I'm like, it was the Vicodin mouth. And so when I called in the pharmacy in December of that year and they said, you know, oh, your doctor, oh, he's he's suspended. So we're no longer going to honor any of these. And I remember hanging up the phone on the Superior Court, still thinking I could stop if I wanted to stop. Counting the number of pills I had. And at that point, I thought, I'm probably maybe a little smarter than this. Maybe I can start calling in my own drugs. Obviously, I missed medical school. That was not part of my education. So that's what I actually started doing. 
I started calling in quantity of 100 with four refills, unheard of for a controlled medication. And that's what I did to fuel the rest of that one-year clerkship. I added, so, you know, But wait, if you didn't have a medical degree, yeah, how, how you, did that... How does that work? I mean, I don't want to, like, give so much details that people could replicate it, but, like, <laughs> right. how, like, how does um, that work? Uh, okay, so, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't think it's... You really can't call drugs in like you could then. Sure. Oh, okay. Um, gotcha. Because they're all electronic. So I right. think by me even sharing anything, it's not going to give anybody ideas to do right. anything because okay. trust me, they're out there. They're, they're onto it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But as far as calling in a prescription, you need a DEA number and an MD number. So it was honestly as simple as if I had a prescription, even for an antibiotic where I saw somebody else did, if I called the doctor's office and said, hi, I'm this pharmacy and I'm just calling, ident- you know, verify information. We don't have your DEA number on file. That's how I got it. And I used, I mean, wow. any identity was open. I mean, I, and I, I'm not proud to say this. I mean, down to when I would, you know, resort to having to go to an emergency room, if I heard somebody sign in and give their name and birthday, there are times I've used that and then I've called pharmacies and they'd be like, oh, OK, so your insurance, your copay is only going to be two dollars. And I'm like, oh, my God, not only is it prescription fraud, it's insurance fraud. Yikes. You know, and these were people I didn't even know. I mean, that's where addiction took me. And so obviously my tolerance skyrocketed because my access skyrocketed. Right. So one year clerkship ended and that was just the term period of it. And then unfortunately for the court system in Pennsylvania, I had another clerkship lined up on the municipal court in Philadelphia for three judges. And at this point, I got together with a friend of mine from college, and I knew we were going to, quote-unquote, party, as if the 50 pain pills a day I was calling in myself was not, you know, a problem. And she pulled out cocaine. And still to this day, when I talk about it, I'm it's almost like baffling to me that cocaine was such a huge part of my life for so many years. Because, you know, I talk about it now, and I'm like, my life is just so different today, you yeah. know, and she pulled out the cocaine and I looked at it and I thought, now that's really a serious drug. Like, right. Yeah. Like what I was doing was not really a problem, but that really, you know, raises the stakes here. So I thought about it for about five seconds and then I did it. And I literally did not put that drug down until my freedom was taken from me. Within two days, I was going into the criminal justice center in Philadelphia cocaine and a straw in my stockings, passing drug dogs, passing the security, didn't once think to myself, what if, what am I doing? I'm driving under the influence. Never did I think anything. Um, Within a couple months of the cocaine starting, two months is when the weight loss was, I mean, it was incredible. It happened overnight. I couldn't eat. I mean, I was so with my personality, even telling you the number of Peloton rides, you can imagine how intense I was with cocaine. Right. So I yeah. would stay awake. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally, I would see neighbors like getting up, going to work, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm still awake, you know? And I still believed in this delusion that if I really wanted to stop, that I really, really could have if I really wanted to. And I would convince myself, well, I don't have kids. I'm not married. It's fine right now. I mean, crazy, totally crazy. So, that was at the point that my mom contacted the one judge and said, Laurie needs help. And I thought, well, my mom finally figured it out. My nose is always bleeding. I'm literally four pounds. You know, I looked like a homeless person. I was literally 
like bulking up wearing sweaters in the summer to meet the judges and chambers because that's like it was so drastic my appearance like you know my weight loss and so she took me where she took me I you know talked and walked my way right right out of there and at that point my mom kind of exited my life you know and she's like "I, I don't know you know, I don't know what to do. You're denying everything. And of course, like a good addict, I'm like, this is all about you. This is not me. I don't have a problem. You're my problem. You know, I was pointing fingers, not realizing every time I point a finger at a family member or somebody, three fingers point back at me. Right. So ultimately, you know, that was my last job before I got sober. And 2002 to 2004, there were five arrests. Four were for felony prescription fraud. One was for DUI. And in the meantime, I did absolutely nothing with either of my law license. I did no continuing legal education credits, nothing. I was now, my parents were separated. I was basically, I don't want to use the term junkie, but I was basically the, the junkie living in my dad's basement. And, and that was really what was going on. And at this point, you know, I was kind of pitting my parents against each other. My dad was my greatest enabler and would have given me the oxygen out of his lungs if it would have saved my life. And my mom was the tough love one. And ultimately, January 29th, 2004 is my sobriety date. And I would say in no uncertain terms, it was consequences and the gift of desperation, which is why I'm alive today. At that point, you know, on my day of sobriety, or my, I should, it's my last day of arrest. I shouldn't, you know, and it would turned into my sobriety day. One of the volunteers for the organization that I'm now the director of reached out to me, an attorney that was 31 years clean and sober at the time, and literally called my house as I was being arrested, then called me at the police station, then came to the jail to see me. And for the first time in my life, it wasn't my family saying, you're embarrassing us. I mean, literally, every time I got arrested, my family told people I was backpacking Europe. I mean, that's the kind of family I came from, right? So finally, somebody was telling me my story. And he said, you know, there's a way out of this. Will you let me help you? And I'm like, am I going to have to work for you? Like, who are you? (laughs) Who sent you here? And he's like, I remember literally in the in the room and it. When I went to jail, I was coming off of 55 Vicodin a day, $2,000 of cocaine a week, Ambien and Xanax. So I was pretty sick. And he said, you know, hopefully one day you'll be able to help some people. And I thought to myself, I'm not helping anybody. I can't get out of here fast enough to go do my own thing. Right. Yeah. And so he stuck with me. I mean, between and his name is Dave, between him showing up in my life, and he's a huge person in my life still, we just presented at Harvard Law together. And the sentencing judge, who I now consider one of my closest friends. However, <laughs> when I was in front of him as a defendant, not so much. Sure. Right? So, fair. you know, <laughs> I was the first arrest. I'm like, Judge Carpenter, you'll never see me again. Then he sees me again. And I was like, hi, I'm back. And he did not think that was funny, of course. Yeah. And then on at the end of the day, you know, my family was there, you know, what can we do basically? And I don't want to say like they tried to buy me out of jail, but ultimately they did. They said, we'll pay for her to go to any treatment center in the country. And he literally gave me the one gift that my family couldn't buy. And that was time. And he said and we just actually reenacted my sentencing for a CLE program. And he said, that's great that your family is so supportive. 11 and a half months, Montgomery County Correctional Facility, no good time, no work release. And then after that, your family can send you wherever they want to send you. Wow. And and had he let me out 
you know, at eight and a half months when we put my sentencing off and I was in custody the whole time, I don't know what would happen. You know, so I say those two factors of meeting somebody that's walked in my shoes that that I couldn't BS anymore. Right. You know, and my whole defense to my family was always, you don't know, you're not in my shoes. You have no idea what this is like. And I say all the time. The greatest prison I've ever been in was the prison of active addiction. It was not physical confinement. Physical confinement was the first taste of freedom I had in five years. Yeah. I, so, well, my question is about uh, actually being incarcerated. I guess I've always gotten the impression that drugs are easy to get. We were going to ask the same question. Oh, so well, there fine. you go. Yeah. I, I don't understand how that was not your experience. Or is that just like, you know, you, you hear that, you see it on TV, people just perpetuate that. Is that just like a, a myth? Or was there something else going on there that actually kept the drugs away from you? No, 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 no. I, I, it's, it's interesting because all of the, and I'll, I'll term you guys as earth people, meaning the people not in recovery, all of the earth people that find out my story, they ask me the same question. They're always like, I have questions about jail. I want to hear about jail. And I'm like, you know, what's funny before I went to jail, I was always curious what a jail cell looked like. And then I was like, Oh, be careful what you ask for. I spent a whole year there. But as far as the drug situation in jail, and I was in a county jail, but anyone that goes to a state facility, everyone starts in the county. In my entire 11 and a half months there, I was only ever offered one Valium from one of the inmates that was actually prescribed it and given from the medication cart. And she offered it to me if I would write a legal brief for her. And I remember at the time thinking I was like six months already into the jail sentence. And they would randomly pull urines on an entire unit. And if you were caught with drugs in your system, you had a whole new possession charge. So my thought process was I never even really liked that drug. So (laughs) I'm not interested. Now, what if somebody had offered me cocaine or Vicodin? I don't know, but it never happened. And, you know, sometimes on the intake unit, people would come in and they would bring things in through hidden orifices. Yeah. And... You would hear about that because the second one person in jail hears, you know, then they would literally lock down the unit and rip apart cells. So I can say, I think in my entire time there, there were two, you know, they brought drug dogs in twice and found something once. And then the incident, I was offered Valium once. And so that's my experience. I I love the ID channel. It just is not my experience that you walk in and they're like, here are your, here's your blue uniform and a bag of crack. Have a good day. That, right. that just wasn't really my experience. We're more orange is the new black. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. Oz. I watched Oz. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. The Sean Penn movie, Bad Boys. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, listen, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, thank God. And thank God. Yeah, I, absolutely. God. Yeah. yeah, I don't so, know. What was that like? Like, so did they like start you in a medical unit? Because like you, you obviously you have to to detox, right? See, Tom, I felt the same way when I showed up. There. <laughs> Listen, I say I showed up like I when I was checking myself in right, this, nice right. <laughs> this nice gated community. I was going to check myself in for a year. Right. And so I actually like they were doing the intake and I said, I need to see the medication nurse. You know, I'm detoxing and their response was you picked the wrong rehab, put your mattress on the floor and we'll take your vitals twice a day. And I'm like, what? Do you know how much drugs I'm on? And they're like, that's what we're going to do. And that's exactly what they did. When I tell you, 
I have never in my life been that sick. I was literally, and they call it a mattress. I call it a pool float. I don't know. It's all about perspective. But <laughs> I literally took the pool float off the metal bed unit and put it on the floor and literally was just like shaking. And I would say it was a good three weeks before I was able to even get up and like take a shower and eat food. Whoa. And they did. They took my vitals. They would come in, open the cell door take my vitals and then come back like 12 hours later and do the same thing. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, it was yeah. not pretty. Yeah. <sighs> I'm surprised so. they would let I be again. I, all I know is what I see in TV. Yeah. Movies. But it's like, but, they always say that like you get really, well, I thought that they wouldn't like let you lay in your cell all day. Yeah. Oh yeah. How do you think I gained 140 pounds? <laughs> I literally, and it's crazy because my life today is so like rich, rewarding and busy. And I mean, I shouldn't make jail jokes because there's nothing funny about it. And I'm so grateful that I survived this, you know, but if I realized how busy my life would be after I get out of jail, I probably would have more gratitude for being able to sit on a bed and do nothing <laughs> all day. You know, I mean, it got to the point, honestly, you know, my family bought me a TV I had a Walkman. I mean, I know that sounds so old school. It makes it sound like I'm 200 years old, but they were, they were clear. They were clear, like Walkmans with your name engraved on it, so you couldn't like loan them to other people. And so I literally would, and ironically, I would sleep as much as I could during the day because it was just easier to stay up at night. And I would read. I read, I think, every one of Anne Rule's true crime books. And I'm like, wait, I'm in jail. I should probably not be reading true crime. What am I doing? <laughs> and so I did. And I honestly, like, read more books than I've ever read in my entire life, including law school. And, you know, watch TV. And it got to the point, and I say this, you know, I... I have the disease of more. So at one point it was cocaine. At one point it was pain pills. At one point it was nitrous. Now it's the Peloton. But when I was in jail, it was food. And I would literally sit down. I mean, every time I passed the little Debbie aisle in the grocery store, I just laugh. And I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, little Debbie was like my little bitch in jail. <laughs> like, I am not kidding. Commissary. Other people are like, you can buy tuna fish. No. I was able to spend $50 a week on food. I bought like 40 boxes of Little Debbie's and I would sit down and, and I remember because Will and Grace was on at 730 at night and <laughs> we would be in lockdown for headcount, right? Uh -huh. And I would literally go through an entire box of Swiss rolls, like 12 of them, the six individual packets with two in each. That was a 30 minute show. And Those then are I'm like, so good, though. <laughs> <laughs> you like take the chocolate off. The yes, because you and freeze you them. Roll them. Yeah, you freeze them and then you like you like peel oh, wait, it. Wait, wait, wait! I didn't have a freezer. Yeah, she can't Come freeze on, them. Don't make me feel bad. I think she's. Con I think her confusion comes from honey. When they call it the cooler, that's just an old timey expression. That's not really what it is. That's fascinating. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't think that being in prison that you would be able to get that much enough calories to gain weight yeah, like that. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I am happy to share pictures with you guys. I have my <laughs> picture that they took when I went in and I have the picture when I came out. When I show it to people, some people don't say anything and others are like, yeah, but your face is still like kind of pretty um, ish. <laughs> or I can tell that's you. Your lips just look smaller. And I'm like, that's because my face was huge. I mean, you know, it's just, it's crazy in less than a year that that could happen. You know, yeah. oh, yeah, no. I was the only person 
And I mean, I should, again, shouldn't make, you know, food jail jokes, but I'm like, I'm the only person that went to jail and thought the food was great. I mean, you know, you have like the disease of more with food when you go to jail and you're like excited for like the dinner trays to come. And I'm like, <laughs> at what point, like on Sundays they had donuts and I would say to somebody like, I'll give you a Swiss roll. Can I have your donut? And I'm like, oh. I'm bartering for like crap food in jail, like as if it's not bad enough. And little Debbie is not in my cell with me, you know? (laughs) Oh my God. So when you find, when you finally get out, yeah. Now what? Well, I rolled out, but um, when I finally (laughs) got out, I, that Dave Farrell was the person, you know, the attorney that literally brought me the message and told me to start going to recovery meetings in jail. And I went to the drug and alcohol meetings there and really had no intention of staying sober because I honestly didn't think I could. And so afterwards, he said, well, listen, I know that I know an attorney. They're looking for a paralegal. And I'm not kidding. My response to him was, yeah, you know what? Like, I, I have to go get all new clothes. I need time to clean out my closet. He's like, you just sat on your ass for a year. It's time to get a job. <laughs> and, and none of those clothes were going to fit you anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. I could have, like, literally stitched everything together. And it may have, like, may have covered my foot. Possibly. <laughs> Seriously, um, I actually I mean, and I saved some of the clothes just because I'm like, I cannot even believe like at the end of the day, tangent, I gained so much weight that I was not my chest gained so much weight. It was the only area I could not lose weight on my own. And I actually had to get a breast reduction after two years after my release from jail. And I'm like, wait a minute. And then they're prescribing pain pills. This is crazy. Oh, 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 like, no, yeah. like full circle for all of this. But after that, so Dave was instrumental in helping me get a job in a law firm. And I worked there. And then he said, you know, you need to let the disciplinary board in Pennsylvania know what happened. Just write him a letter. And so, you know, not an attorney. I just write him a letter. Sorry, I missed the 30 day reporting requirement by four years. I've been arrested five times, went to jail three times, three rehabs. And they called me and they were like, did you really write this? So ultimately, I ended up entering a three-year joint petition for suspension in Pennsylvania. And New Jersey followed suit and did the exact same thing. And I continued to work in the law firm, got very involved with the 12-step fellowships for alcohol and drugs in my community, became a volunteer with the organization that I'm now the director of, started attending, you know, recovery, the lawyer's recovery meeting in the county in which I was, where I was living. And then in 2008, the three years had passed and Dave said, you know, we really should file for reinstatement. And my response, like anybody else, I'm a convicted felon. Who's going to think that this is a good idea? And he's like, let's just file it and see what happens. So we filed for reinstatement. And, you know, it's funny because on my behalf, the arresting officer, he spoke on my behalf. And side note, after we reconvened a couple of years after I got out of jail, we ended up dating for five years. It's crazy. story. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite as lifetime as I was hoping. Yeah. So, yeah, I bet the lovely. handcuffs were a lot more fun that time. <laughs> right. Right. I was like, this story is hot. Hot, hot, hot. And yes, and then I found out he was in recovery and I'm like, oh, this is meant to be that I was meant to be arrested by you and then date you. And I'm like, how are you going to now tell your kids I'm inspirational to you, you know, for that I should be an inspiration to them? I'm like, this is such a convoluted story. (laughs) So anyway, he spoke on my behalf, the partner in the firm, Dave spoke on my behalf, my sponsor uh, spoke on my behalf, and then my mom spoke on my behalf. And I say this like jokingly, obviously, everyone's supposed to say how wonderful and rehabilitated and all these wonderful things I'm doing. And my mom 
completely threw me under the bus. She was like, she opened credit cards in my name. And I'm like, now is not the time to talk about that. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to get the Supreme Court, the disciplinary board of the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania to reinstate me. What, what do you, you don't have to talk about Bank of America now. Like, please, <laughs> this is not the right time. Save um, that for Thanksgiving, mom. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I was like, you put that on your gratitude list. I'm sober. Remember, we have to forgive these things. So ultimately in 2009, I was reinstated to the practice of law in Pennsylvania. And I like literally point up and say by a power much greater than myself. Then in 2010, I was reinstated in New Jersey. And it's funny because in New Jersey, you know, and I said, how am I going to deal with this? And they said, oh, you're a convicted felon. Now you're not going to be able to, you would have to retake the bar. Now you can't. And I'm like, oh. Somebody just told me I can't watch me. (laughs) And so so I filed a petition to vacate the revocation. I asked Dave to read it. And and it was 176 pages on my own behalf. And he's like, I'm not reading that. And I highly doubt anybody's going to read that. Just file it. And so and I made the petition name up. Like, I just wanted to, like, remove the revocation of my license and then go for reinstatement. And eventually that was granted. And then I filed a petition for reinstatement in New Jersey on my own behalf. And that was also granted. So fully, you know, came back to life in both states. Still can't cut hair, but (laughs) law, you know, no problem. I can handle your state and all your matters. But can't cut your hair and so i think it's because of the point, scissors i think that's what <laughs> it is you yeah. know what it's I, I until you know and if the governor's pardon goes through i can't own a gun in pennsylvania either so maybe it's like a, a cousin to the gun this yeah. Is, yeah i don't know yeah. it's it's just for the protection of society i guess and then in 2011 i came on board with the organization where dave was a volunteer where, you know, I was a volunteer because I'm the product we sell. You know, hey, I came from a great family. This can't happen to me. Oh, my God, it happened to me. Oh, my God, I'm going to have to die to get out of this. No one's going to understand. What do you mean you're going to help me? Who are you? And, oh, my God, I'm alive. I'm sober. I woke up today. I can see the colors and see seasons. And how can I help somebody else? Because I'm so thrilled to be alive, you know, and that's professionally what I do now. I'm the director of the organization, the Lawyers Assistance Program for the state of Pennsylvania. And I educate and speak as often as possible to let people know that there's hope. I could go on hours about the rewards of recovery, you know, and just just one side note. So, again, speaking about the board of law examiners, you know, and I always tell them, again, cover your ears. I'm not (laughs) suggesting people take drugs on uh, take the bar exam under the influence. But in 2012, part of what I do, I speak at all nine law schools in Pennsylvania and all, you know, I present to the judge. I teach the judges and the attorneys as well. And. I was speaking on a panel uh, for orientation at Penn State, and I met the former character and fitness director, and I we became Facebook friends, and later saw a post that she needed a kidney. Now, with my intensity, you can probably see where the story is going. Oh, my. I will say, you know what? Hold on. I didn't. I did not donate the kidney, but. <laughs> you sold um, it to her? <laughs> but I sold it. Yes, I totally sold it to buy my Peloton. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> And so I ended up contacting the Hershey Medical Center and ended up going through nine months of testing. I was a match. We went as far as pre-admission testing for June 3rd, 2013 surgery date. Now, you can imagine what they put me through as far as my addiction. You know, I have, you know, a sponsor, 40 people lined up, you know, for supports, recovery meetings coming to my house. And she got a call from UPMC. Somebody had just passed away on life support. 
during those two weeks and went there and got the kidney from them. And I share that because I was literally so strung out. I was snorting cocaine off the chamber's floor of the one judge I was clerking for to then being deemed healthy enough by the Hershey med team to donate a kidney and save a life. Wow. You know, and that's not me. That's judge Carpenter. That's Dave Farrell. That's the organization I work for where all of these kind folks paid forward, you know, left to my own devices. I was lucky to get to jail. I'm one of the lucky ones. So many people don't make it there. Yeah. 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 You're right. That's, that is quite a journey. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> quite a journey. Quite a well, journey. Well it done. Is. Yeah. Yes. Well done. Yeah. I'm. I'm still. I'm still ruminating and all the the different things that you've gone through. Like yeah. that's so much. And I mean, do do you ever worry that like something's gonna happen that's just gonna send you down that same road again, or or do you think that that's just because you've built your life so differently at this point, that's just not even a thought? The truth is, it's only one day at a time, you know, yeah. and I, I say this, I speak professionally for a living, and I say this almost every time I'm at a microphone, and I say, if you ask my family, and I love my family, if you ask them with 15 years sober that I have today, they would probably almost tell you I was cured. And that is adorable that they think that that's cute. And the truth is, every time I speak, I say anyone in recovery, drugs, alcohol is literally an arm's length away from a relapse. And it's what do you do every single day to ensure that you're going to get another day clean and sober? You know, and so besides what I do for a living and I assist you know, my job is to assist the legal profession with substance use and mental health disorders and their family members. So I'm on the front lines of this day in and day out, taking calls 24-7. You know, I also stay in service. I have a service position with my home group for my 12-step fellowship with alcohol. I'm the grapevine rep. I also take alcohol recovery meetings. I'm trying to respect the traditions of the program and not say them by name. Right, um, right. To the to the prisons here. I'm also, well, I'm going to have to say the name on this one. I'm also the treasurer of the International Lawyers of the 12-Step Fellowship for Alcohol. And it's ironic, they had a conference in Canada. And because of my felon status, I was unable to go. And so part of my governor's pardon, and I said, oh my God, I need to be able to travel for you know, events like this. So I'm like, that's great that I'm the treasurer and they trust me with the, you know, checkbook. But unfortunately, I can't even get to Canada. So <laughs> we're working on that. And so anytime I go through a stressful situation, I make sure I, you know, surround myself with my tribe. I have a sponsor, you know, 15 years in and somebody just a neighbor said to me yesterday, why do you still need a sponsor? Like you still go to those meetings? And I'm like, that is literally my oxygen today. Like these yeah. are this is how my mind gets right. I mean, these ideas that come up in my head are scary. You know, the mental chatter that can go on between my two ears. I need other people to cross check that, you know, and my tribe are people that are sober today. We even have a sober, you know, Peloton community and that all I did not know that not only. Oh, yeah, there are sober Peloton riders and we not only celebrate milestones together, but we also celebrate sobriety dates, huh. you know, and just encourage. Yeah. Mm hmm. That's that's, that's awesome. wonderful. Yeah, that's so great to yeah, hear. Absolutely. So, because I, I was I mean, going to ask if if Peloton was helpful to your your sobriety, your treatment. You know, does do you feel like it is? Absolutely, absolutely. I feel like it's literally. You wake up. You know, you take a shower before you go to work. It, it it's not negotiable for me. It's my time. It's my space. It's necessary. 
it's more for even my mental stability than it is even for my physical stability. So it's just part of what I do in the morning. It's part of my routine. I mean, I shouldn't even admit this. Of course, my God, I've been saying that the whole time. We've been <laughs> like, I'm like, is this going to be the thing that's embarrassing? Like, like, <laughs> yeah, can you delete everything from minute one to yeah. 60? But when I traveled, you know, when I travel for work and I travel all over the country, ironically, I was unable to find a Pittsburgh hotel that had a Peloton, you know, and I'm all over every group. Does anybody know? And now now I found a, um, a hotel. But before I did about six months ago and I posted in the official Peloton group and somebody said, you know, no, I'm an attorney also. And dot, 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 I invited this person to come to one of my presentations so they could at least meet me. Now, I don't know if that's good to, like, let them know my whole story. Hi, I'm a felon. And then ask (laughs) if I can stay at their house, right? (laughs) And she's like, I have the tread. I have the Peloton. And I'm like, this is going to be like overnight camp, like for an adult. This is awesome. And I ended up staying at her house. Like, literally, she did not know anything more than listening to me speak for one hour a couple weeks prior to that. And I thought to myself, like, this is really to the extreme. Like, I was asked, you know, next week I'm in Boston. And as soon as they told me the hotel I'm going to, I'm like, wait a minute. Before I say yes, I need to call and see if they have a Peloton. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm like, when you are willing to stay with a complete stranger to ride their bike, you know, that's dedication. So, you know. It is. But, you know, it's just part of my routine, you know, and I... As long as I keep doing everything one day at a time, you know, I have no reason to believe tomorrow won't keep me, you know, I won't stay sober like I did today. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's awesome. (sighs) Very inspiring. Very inspiring. I feel like I should at least give the person a shout out since they've let me stay at their house. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, No, go go for for it. it. We'll just say she's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So what is your leaderboard? And I don't think you've said it. Has she? I I don't think I have. I'm certainly not gynomite. um, Although I perhaps (laughs) in one life may have thought I was a doctor. I'm certainly not. Um, (laughs) My leaderboard name is Amazing Grace Canine. And that is because I am hopelessly devoted to the um, animal world. And so I've rescued, I have been a dog walker at the Harrisburg Humane Society since 2013. And I do that every Sunday. I volunteer there. So I adopted two rescues, Staffordshire Terriers, otherwise known as pit bulls. One is amazing. The other one is Grace. (laughs) And I take Amazing to all the law schools with me. She volunteers with dementia residents at the local memory care. So number one on my governor's pardon list and compelling reasons I needed should have probably been the treasurer position in Canada, but it's not. It was that I want to have my dog turn into a therapy, a certified therapy dog. Aww. So I can bring her into the law schools and not worry about liability issues. <laughs> you know, they're like, you're going to go in. And I'm like, yeah, but she's really well behaved, you know. So, so yeah, so Amazing Grace Canine. And, you know, I'm absolutely in love with my dogs. And I, it's interesting. We actually just filmed a program, a CLE program, Breaking the Stigma of Addiction, Mental Health, and Pit Bulls. And you kind of know your all your platforms have come together when an opportunity presents itself like that. People yeah. are like, okay, I got this substance addiction, mental health. Like, what's with the pit bulls? And I'm like, because I have them. And it's really the other end of the leash. And my dogs are so amazing, you know. And my dogs come to work with me. And not everybody 
loves dogs or loves that my dogs gallivant around, you know, but I absolutely love them, you know, so, <laughs> so hopelessly I, devoted to the animal cause. So does Grace, does, does she ever get her feelings hurt that you're always calling the other dog amazing? Is she like, what about <laughs> <Yeah>. me? <laughs> you know what? I have to almost just because it's kind of funny and like the theme of we're talking about recovery, you know, and obviously I'm very open. My pharmacist, you know, I said like I have a whole team of pharmacists. No, I don't. I'm like, you know, on no medication. But <laughs> my dog, on the other hand, now amazing is, you know, no medication, no fear, very friendly. Now, Grace, on the other hand, you know, I don't know her Carfax and um, she's like a nervous <laughs> Nelly. So she left the shelter and she was on Ativan. And I'm like, Aww. am I really going to the pharmacy and filling scripts for Ativan? And then, you know, you go to the pharmacy and I'm like, oh, it's for my dog. Wink, wink. And they're like, two milligrams of Ativan every day. And I'm like, do you want me to bring the dog into the pharmacy? Like, it's <laughs> definitely for the dog, you know? So, you know, meanwhile, my dog is on Ativan. I'm a person in long-term recovery. It's a very interesting situation in our house. <laughs> yeah, that's, wow. So, yeah, and I did, you know, I've, I've taken Grace with us to memory care and the wheelchair scare her. Any like noises scare her. Meanwhile, Maisie's jumping, you know, on people's laps as they're wheeling by her. <laughs> and Grace was like on all nails in the corner. And I'm like, Aww. you poor thing. And then, of course, the residents are like, oh, what kind of dogs do you have? And I, you know, I look at them. And I'm like, oh, Staffordshire Terriers. And they're like, oh, I've never heard of them. I'm like, I know if I said Pitbull, they would all like run out right. of the memory. Right. Yeah. Building. right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Wow. And yeah. and do you have any advice for people that have just to come to the Peloton community or do you want to switch it up? And is there anything that you would like to make sure people know about addiction, recovery, what, whatever advice you would like to give? OK, well, first of all, I'll say to the people who are just, you know, entering the Peloton world, we always like joke around and say to the bike that goes nowhere this bike has now given me a platform through you guys to reach people that inevitably, and I know this because I was one of these people, is at home hiding behind a screen, listening to a podcast, but stuck in the depths and darkness of an addiction. You know, and so to the bike that goes nowhere, cheers. You know, you mm -hmm. guys are providing a lifeline of hope to people that are struggling. You know, the, the prevalence rates are, you know, astounding. And so my my ultimate message is, you know, and I picked this slogan up from a 12 step fellowship for drugs. Don't give up five minutes before the miracle. Five arrests in. And at, at the end of the day, my family, I'm not sure that they really care. I don't want to say they didn't care if I lived or not. But every time the phone call came, they were not sure if it was going to be the final call that I finally overdosed and died or that I was arrested again. And had we given up you know, the platform I have today in the legal profession to help people, all of this never would have happened. All the people that helped me and everyone that's paid it forward, there's always hope and help. If somebody is struggling, you can find me on social media easily. You know, my name is, that's what my, my Facebook is under. Reach out to me. I don't care what state you're in. I will help you get resources. You don't need to struggle. People I mean, it's not only just famous people, people everywhere. People are dying because they don't want to reach out for help. They would rather die than ask for help. And, you know, everything now that people are going through, it's temporary. You know, it's temporary. It may seem like the darkness will never come to light. But my story is an example. I sat in jail 
and now have the platform and credibility to literally help the legal profession, not only in my state, but nationwide. You know, and I'm not unique at all. 10% of the United States is in recovery. But reach out to somebody that's walked in your shoes. If you can't find somebody in your own state, contact me anytime, 24-7. I'm not just in recovery nine to five. Mm -hmm. I'm in recovery 24-7. And I consider it an honor when somebody, you know, reaches out and says, I had somebody I, I, you know, wrote my story or my story was featured in the New York Times. And somebody in California reached out to me and said, I don't even know how to go about finding a, a recovery meeting. And I literally walked them through it. And then two years later, met them at the World Convention for the that fellowship in Philadelphia. You know, wow. and it's not That's me. Awesome. It's Dave Farrell showed up for me. And I just do what I can to pay that forward. Well, you know? you're, you're that person's Dave Farrell. That's right. No, I'll be that person to anybody that's willing to reach out because there is, as long as somebody is breathing, there is hope. And I sincerely mean that. Well, thank you yes. for, for being that person. And thank you for offering that help out to people. I have no doubt somebody will take you up on that. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. That's a hell of a story. Well, thank you guys. And again, thank you for everything you do for the community. Thank you for inviting me to participate on the podcast. Honestly, I'm completely, you know, to even think I went from like stuck in an addiction, thinking the only way out was death to being invited to share hope with such a large group you know, community and reach people is amazing. And, and the thanks goes to you guys for making that option available. So thank you both so much. You're welcome. And thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, a thank you. Thank you. And yes. thank you. <laughs> Neither of us are good at accepting. compliments. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. But lots to be grateful for. So thank you. Well, please stay in touch. I would like to continue to, to hear all of the wonderful milestones that, that the people you're reaching. I'd like to keep hearing what's going on. So I will keep keep in contact with you if that's okay. I hope to meet both of you in person. When I first heard your voices, as you guys know, when we contacted each other, I'm like, oh, my God. I don't want to say it's a small thing. I'm, really, I'm like, oh, my God. Instead of coming through my echo, they're on my phone. <laughs> and like, literally, you couldn't see me. Thank God we couldn't, you know, we weren't working the video. But I'm like, oh, my God, this is totally amazing. You know, you guys are like celebrities to the people. And I know you're very humble. But to the people in this community, you're a huge resource. And again, like your banter is just it's it's very encouraging to all of us. So a, a huge service you're providing to all of us. And sincerely, on behalf of everybody, thank you so much. Well, well thank, thank you. You. <laughs> <laughs> you got me all tearing up yeah, again. <laughs> brought it full circle. <laughs> I'm jealous that you guys are going to homecoming. I'm very jealous. I, I wish you were going to be there. You know, I think there's still tickets available for Sunday. I, I mean, can I tell you a really quick, like, I'll make a t- 25 second story. Sure. Yes. So Gynamite, I'm just going to call her Gynamite. Her name's Jody Slepian. But so we purchased event tickets for my mom for her birthday, which is over a uh, homecoming weekend. Uh-huh. And so I, you know, I said to my mom in advance, you know, you want us both to be there? Yes. I want you both to be there. I'm like, okay, great. Cause my sister said, Oh, I have tickets. And I'm like, can you get me a ticket? She's like, I can, we have to go to the warehouse. I'm like, I need to be there. So I'm like, how can we gracefully 
give my mom these tickets and not have to be present. So <laughs> dot, dot, dot. You know, we love her, but it's homecoming, right? Yeah. Like you need to have a bite to understand what that really means. Yeah. So ultimately, I don't even know how Gino might pull this off, but she said, well, I'm going to let her take her significant other. You can go with them and I'm going to go to homecoming. I'm like, what? Oh, I, I don't even want to go see this concert. This is this is so unfair. I'm like, this is totally unfair, you know. And she's like, I'll get you like a sweatshirt, like the warehouse is great. I'm like, what? I'm like, I now have to drive four hours go to this concert I don't want to go to. And my mom was like, No, that's fine. We'll have fun, me, you, and Dave. And I'm like, Oh my god, oh. wow! I almost feel like I need to relapse. This is not good. Not good. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's like, you know, with all of her favorite instructors and, um, you know, I'm at this concert in Philadelphia, like just wishing I was there. So, well, maybe we'll maybe we'll get to meet your sister. Yeah, she can send you a (laughs) selfie of herself with us. I would have to disown her. (laughs) Like I I'm like, you better bring me so much swag back because I am so taking one for the team here. Yeah, really. You are so, Yeah She I owes totally you big am. time <laughs> Oh my god Yeah No no joke I mean I can't complain I just did my 550th ride In the studio with Robin Arzon Yes And I was so starstruck That literally <laughs> Like they let us in And of course I requested You know Bike 5 So I'm like right there Yes And she was like Amazing Grace Can I wear you And you can see In the camera I'm like That's me Robin <laughs> 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 motion and she was probably like security check bike five please security check and i was like oh my god i'm in the oxygen zone that you're in you know just beyond so i'm like you know what you could have homecoming you know this is it's all good it's all good so crazy but that was my experience so it was wonderful it does sound wonderful i i think you know the the plus side is it's better to go when there's not so many people there for your first initial visit i think i mean it's great to see the people but it's also great to just enjoy the instructors whenever whenever you can so both are great experiences absolutely Absolutely. next year next year you'll go it's always next year Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. I can't wait. I already have it on my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you and have to- might is not allowed to come. Just putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> that seems fair. Just to restore balance. Yeah. 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 Right. I, I take it this year. You take it next year. That's how we're going to do it. All right. So, awesome. Well, you have All a good right, well, evening, thank you guys. Again, so much. Oh, you're thank very you. welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right, bye. Bye. All right. Bye. Here's today's recipe for success. So does uh, Lori have a recipe for us? She does. It's a granola recipe, and it's created by her friend, Rebecca Gillette. Um, and uh, the name like the name of her company is Spices by Re- Rebecca. She has a great little recipe here. Very few ingredients. You need some coconut oil that's been melted, Bahamian baker, nutmeg, coconut nectar, maple syrup, chia seeds and Himalayan salt and you toss it all together and basically you mix in the coconut oil and then you bake it I mean I'm leaving out the basic the the complicated steps but those right. will be on the website when we get it up so it's uh it's all gonna be out there but it looks great looks like a fabulous recipe if you say so I know it's you nothing know that you I would love eat the healthy you, stuff yeah you're not into chia seeds <laughs> you're not into any of those not things. Into chia pets <laughs> you like maple syrup I like chia Rivera <laughs> 
So uh, what, pray tell, do you have in store for people next week? Yeah, so um, next week we are going to have our interview with uh, Brad. And then I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys that the week after that is going to be Paul Erickson because we promised him two weeks ago <laughs> yes. and we have not done that. So. Yes, he was very kind as other things came up and uh, let us let us have some flexibility. So we do appreciate that. We sure do. Fear not, you will be up the following week. Yes, absolutely. Um, so there we are. Awesome. Well, uh, until then, where can people find you? They can find me at Facebook.com slash Crystal D. O'Keefe. They can find me on Instagram, Twitter, the bike or the tread at Clipout Crystal. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. And you can find the show online at Facebook.com slash The Clipout. Uh, while you're there, you can also join the group and stay up to date on things throughout the week. Don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts where you can go rate, review, and subscribe. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep pedaling. And running. Set yourself free.